And for me, at least, that's what astrology is. That's what therapy is. That's what coaching is. It's just a a reintroduction to who you are, really. And it's so beautifully done by you. Welcome to Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury Fontanez, intuition coach. And I'm Melissa Grushka, and the stars are not aligned for me today. (laughs) Bean, we have a major treat. We have an incredible astrologer and psychotherapist with us today. Are you psyched to talk to her? I'm super duper psyched. All right, let's get into it. All right, Bean, we have such a treat for our listeners and for you, by the way. I think that this is going to blow your mind. I'm sure. We have the incredible psychological astrologer, best-selling author, social emotional educator and visionary, Dr. Jennifer Freed with us today. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Woo! I'm psyched to be here. <laughs> we Let's do I it. I love that. Well, we have been very excited. We have a lot of questions for you about astrology. I did leave out of that intro that Jennifer is one of my dearest, closest friends. She has been such an incredible welcoming hug to the West Coast ever since I've moved. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today as a friend and an incredible expert in all things astrology. Um, All right. So Jennifer, as I said, we do something called Cringer Delight every week where Bean and I just share, we catch up. What was cringy this week? What was delightful this week? And we'd love to invite you to play with us, Cringe or Delight. Do you want to go first? Do you have a Cringe or Delight to share? I do have a cringe. I very rarely watch the news. My partner loves to watch the news. So last night I watched the news for a little bit and they're going to prosecute Hunter Biden for having a gun he never even used in any crime or anything because he might've had a drug addiction when he got the gun and he falsified information. Brought to you by the same people that think anyone should have a gun for any reason. (laughs) Cringe, cringe. Hypocrisy is one of my biggest cringes. Oh my God. That is. Wow. I I don't care for it myself. That is so, yeah. Nope. You're right. It's the same thing about violence in schools and guns and then caring about children's health. And yeah, it's insane. So do I do the delight now? If you'd like. Yeah. My delight is I just uh, hosted a women's retreat and it was one of the peak experiences of my life because, and I mean this people, no drama. So what I'm all about right now is contribution, no drama. And that group for four days had no drama. Wow. I love that. Delight. I can attest to this. I can actually, you know what? I'm just going to go in with my delight moment, Bean, if that's okay. Please, please. I was lucky enough to be invited to this retreat. I got to teach my intuition course. But you know what? It was so much more than going there as an instructor. I felt like I was getting away with something, that I got to be there and be a part of this group of women. And it was so inspiring. It was so loving. It was so supportive. Jennifer does this retreat twice a year, now once a year. 
And um, she has this group of incredible attendees and instructors that join every year. And I was just telling her before we started recording, my delight is I have never felt so supported by a group of women I have never met before like I did this last week. It was incredible (gasps) and such a testament to how Jennifer gathers community. And when she does, by the way, she told us every day that our job there was to celebrate each other. And our job there was to gossip positively about each other. And our job there was to leave that place and really talk about each other in a way that supports each other's dreams. She had us like say audaciously what we dreamed. Like she was like, what's the most embarrassing dream you have? Say it out loud. And I can't tell you what a relief it was just to speak it out loud and have people cheering Jennifer herself up and applauding because of the um, courage it takes to just say the thing you want as a female. So it was incredible. That was my delight. I can't even stop talking about it. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have a couple things. I have a couple things to say. One, (laughs) what skill can I acquire so that I too can be invited next year to the next retreat? Oh. We'll work on it. Let's think about it, Jennifer. We'll talk about it later. Second, I would love to know what your big dream was, Maury. Can we share it or it's too private? Oh my God, I'll say it. I guess this is like 2.0 of courage. Jennifer, yes, should do I do it? Do it. Do it. Let me see. Hold on. She's checking. I think save it to the end of the show. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I love that. All right. I'll say it. It's, Let a, let's leave with the big ask. Wow. It's a big a one. Really it great. is a big one. Yeah. <gasps> it's, you I should be a producer, Jennifer. It's great. Um, and now I'm going to share my miserable cringe moment, which is nothing compared to the joy that you two just shared. Right before I signed on, normally I'd like to say I am probably the first person to arrive at all of our meetings, at all of our uh, filmings. I'm always prompt, ready, my mic, my everything's ready to go. I actually set up an hour early today. I normally set up about 20 minutes early. I was like, I got this. And as I'm trying to use my computer, my, my mouse pad froze. So I started kind of banging it. And then my matcha latte spilled all over my computer and is now embedded under the keys so much. So the X and the E are kind of glowing slightly green. Um, and then I couldn't get signed into this and I was borderline crying and sweating. And now we're here and I'm trying to pretend like everything's normal. (laughs) And if I can add, (laughs) We this happens to you on a week where we have a really special guest. Such a spe- and I was so, so excited. Yeah. So you were really you signed on very upset. And then what did Jennifer I, ask you when you were upset? I, did she ask me or what her main point to me takeaway was? This is out of your control. And yeah, this is something you have to let go. Oh, I think she, she asked me asked what my sun rising. rising. What my rising sun is, right? Is that what you asked? No, your sun, moon, rising, because that has everything to do with why this threw you so much. Oh, so no matter what, any dynamic like this would always throw me based on my sun, moon, rising? Well, let's let's think. I always think for the most divine possibility. Okay. At the ordinary level, this will always throw you. Always. <laughs> but because you're evolving, there'll come a time where nothing will throw you. <gasps> beautiful for, is this for everybody or just for me in particular no you 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 <gasps> Jennifer, you from your you mouth. have the potential in this lifetime I, do. I feel like I do to actually be unflappable wow that was so powerful even wow. Beat's face already blown away I can see that you know what let's rewind because we can get right into your chart real fast I think we should just start from the beginning 
And say your chart right now? Sure. No, I think we should start from the beginning and ask you about you and then get into Melissa's oh. chart. How about that? I, I, I'm, my new mantra is I go with the flow. <laughs> I love that. All right, Bean, I'm going to let you ask the first question and I promise we'll get to your chart. That's totally fine. I, you know what? I'd like to know how you were introduced to astrology. Yes, I was always passionate about astrology and I don't know why. As an early influence, it wasn't part of anything in my family or upbringing. Um, I'm Jewish from New York City. My parents were not at all interested in anything spiritual, but I was interested in astrology early on. When I was 18 and a half, a friend gave me an astrology reading as a present. And it was with this beautiful, mystical Latina woman named Alvina Manning. And in that reading, I saw the whole thing. Oh my God, this is my destiny. And she was so right on about everything about me. She knew me better than anyone I'd ever met, including me, but also I recognized myself and what she was saying. So it started back then. And, you know, this is important for people to know that are all excited about astrology now. I'm 65. And when I was 18 and a half, there were no computers. There were no, you know, so I learned astrology with a ruler and math and, you know, oh, all wow. of that. And there were no programs and everything. And it's been my passion. And I've had many excellent teachers all throughout. And then I became a teacher and a best-selling author and all of that. At the same time, I had a boyfriend, 18 and a half, 19, named David, who still lives nearby. Hey, David. And uh, David said to me, you're always talking to everybody on the street. You should become a therapist. <laughs> you know, like that was just what I was doing, like around Isla Vista. It was at UCSB. <laughs> I was just like, oh, and what about you? And what are you into? And so I started training at that same about time in uh, psychology. So both things I've been training in and becoming certified in and a master in astrology and psychology since I was 18 and a half, 19. And then I finally got my PhD in psychology and I got internationally certified as an astrologer. And then at 60, I started writing my astrology books and two bestsellers. Wow. I love that. I love that you started at 60. I think that's super inspiring. That's what, you know, I'm really big on this because number one, I'm not going to get a facelift. That's number one. Okay. Nor should you. Because I like being older. I earned being older and wiser. I've got a lot of scars internally, externally, and I'm all for women being very convinced that older is beautiful and wisdom is incredible. So I do like to say my age and say my wrinkles and all the things. God bless you. Yeah, you we don't. Need that. You, I will say though, you don't look sixty-five at all. It's true. Well, I'm going to take that as my vitality is ageless. I love that. She's got really so much energy. Bean, it's like wow. oozing out of her constantly. I love that. A little bit oozy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind the ooze. I want to ask you, Jennifer. You. I love that your boyfriend actually pointed you towards this. Now that you do practice astrology and you have this training in psychotherapy, can you tell us how do they blend? How do you find that when you're working with clients now, you're actually pulling on both sides to help people? They are the perfect blend. And I will tell you, and you'll get it immediately. Astrology is the map of your soul. 
It's your cosmic DNA, your potentials, your pitfalls, your challenges, your timing. Psychology is how to up-level all your patterns and your resources and work through trauma. And very rarely are they put together. So if you get a great astrology reading, they might say, you're this, you're that, you're this. And then you're like, great, I kind of knew that. Now what? But in my training, as now I do it as coaching, not as psychotherapy. Okay, uh, Melissa, let's use you in this example. Oh, please do. If, you're, if your rising is Capricorn, the early message you got was you have to have it together, look good, keep up with the Joneses and be, you know, very palatable. But I would start coaching you to have more self-authority and self-approval and start asking in every situation, it's not what they think of me, what do I think of me? So there's a technique and a strategy that comes with psychology that isn't embedded in astrology at all. Mm, that makes sense. And this is sense. based this is all based on when I was born and the time I was born, this information? Yes. In order to get an accurate chart, which is very different than just your birthday, you have to have your birthday, your birth year, uh, I mean, obviously your birth time and the place you were born. And it's a very precise wheel of where all the planets were at the moment you were born from the place you were born. And then there's a sacred geometry that shows you well, how are all those energies intersecting? It's a very mathematical and scientific inquiry into how things are related inside of you. Can I ask a question that I think is common because I struggled with this until I just happened to find my long form birth certificate? What happens if you don't know what time you were born? If you do not know what time you're born, there are experts that can figure out the time you were born. It's called rectification. I am not an expert. Okay. But you can find that and they can help you determine by virtue of the big events in your life, what exact time you were born. Oh, wow. Mm. It's like doing also, it backwards. If, yeah. Exactly. But also if you don't know your exact time of birth and you put in 12 PM, you're going to get a ton of information, just not as complete as if you have your time of birth. Got it. I can say, if I just anecdotally share my story, which I told you, Jennifer, I thought I was a Leo for 35 <laughs> years of my life. Oops. And like, by the way, totally identified to the description of Leo, could read a Leo horoscope and be like, yep, that totally makes sense. And I loved it. I loved being a Leo. And then I had my first reading um, with Chani years ago. Love her. We love her friend in common. That's who introduced us, by the way. Shout out to Chani. And um, she's the one who told me, you know, hey, go figure out what time you were born. Struggled to find it. Figured it out. My mom said you were born at 6.45 p.m. And Chani said, you're a Virgo. And I was like, my mom was on drugs and she's wrong. There's no way <laughs> that I'm a Virgo. So I then did not believe my mom because it was six hours between Leo and Virgo. And then found the long-term birth certificate. And sure enough, it was 6.46 p.m. <gasps> that I was born. And all of a sudden, I was a Virgo at the age of 35. And I have to tell you, Jennifer, it was an identity crisis. Wow. You're be. grieving the loss. But now you're on my team, Bean. We're on Team Virgo on together. Team Virgo. Yeah. So you were yeah. saying, Jennifer, it can be an identity crisis. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen with people where they thought their rising was this and they thought, and I think you thinking you were a Leo was very helpful. Oh, why? To your progression, because 
you know, part of the path for you in your chart is coming out of the responsive, totally into other people and claim more space for yourself. Right. So I think thinking you were a Leo is very good because you think I've got to be out there and I'm the star and that's very helpful for your chart. That is so spot on. I've actually never thought about it that way. That makes total sense. Okay. For those of us that are not as familiar with astrology, because we can get right into the weeds and read me and Melissa's charts all day long before we even get there. Jennifer, can you just do like a astrology 101 for our listeners? Yes. So astrology is the most ancient personality system in every single culture. So you have to remember that before we had artificial lights, all our ancestors were looking up at the stars trying to make meaning of their life. And for thousands of years, people tracked the movement of the planets and noticed there were big correlations that when Mars was here, there seemed to be wars. When Venus was here, people fell in love. So it's empirical data. It's the most tested and tried personality system of any that we have. So that's the background. Then when you look at your personal chart, as I said, it's a picture of the heavens from the moment you were born. And in that picture, it's covering major archetypes that we all have, but how are they organized internally? So you have the sun, your basic identity, the moon, your innermost needs, Mercury, how you think and communicate, Venus, what you value and what you want, Mars, how you get it done, Jupiter, what's your philosophy and what's your sense of abundance? Saturn, discipline, how disciplined and intentional are you? Uranus, how free and creative and innovative are you? Chiron, what's your wound? How are you a wounded healer? Neptune, what's your dream? How do you fit into spiritual and unitary reality? And finally, Pluto, Where do you need to go it alone? And where do you need to claim your power? So all of that is in everyone's chart. And when you hear I'm a Leo or I'm an Aquarius, that's like saying I know you because of the eye makeup you're wearing. It's very superficial. To get a really good chart reading, you need somebody like me or Channing Nicholas has the best app ever. I want your audience to know this. Go get the Channing app and put in your information. That is the best app. Yes. But it's a big practice. And there's a lot of imposters right now that have studied it for five seconds and say they're an astrologer. So please vet your astrologers. Good call out. I Okay. So you know what? Thank you for taking it back to the ancient place because I love the grounding in how long our ancestors have been looking to this data for information. It's so accurate and true. If we can even get a layer um, more detailed around the things you hear, because you're right, astrology is really having its second coming right now. You're hearing a lot of things out there. I love your call out that you have to be cautious of who you're getting this information from. But you hear a lot of things about, can you just tell us, what does your sun mean? What does your moon mean? And what is your rising? Yeah, that's the basic. If you know those three, you can really have a lot of personal growth. Your son is your basic sense of identity, the I am. So if you say like Maury and Melissa, I am Virgo, 
This is your basic sense of the I. I serve is the statement of Virgo. I serve. It's a very powerful I statement. If you live in alignment with the I am, everything is lit up like a battery, like the sun. Your own personal battery is lit up by you aligning with that primary identity, I. Secondly, the moon is so important and very overlooked. The moon is I need. It's your innermost non-negotiable needs. So for example, Maury, Capricorn moon, I need to be productive. I need to make a difference. I need to manifest things on behalf of I serve. Mm. It's an I need. And it really does matter to get in touch with your moon sign because that's how you feel emotionally fulfilled. Mm -hmm. If you aren't in touch with your moon sign, you might say I serve, but you're neglecting your needs. So you've got to have that. The rising sign is the social role you were given in the family. And in the primitive, you're just complying and it's kind of a mask you wear. But as you evolve, it becomes the highest divine expression of your persona. Mm. So for example, Mori, Aquarius rising. Aquarius on the ascendant or the rising sign means I am worldly. I am humanity. I serve by being a global connector. Mm. That's your rising sign. That is such a great breakdown. I am, I need, and this is the persona. Strategy, the, the strategy. social persona. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask a quick question? When you were talking about that, the role that you are given in your family, so is that yeah. written in the stars as one would yes. say, so it it has nothing yes. to do with nurture or your upbringing. It does. It, it it's everything. Let me say that to you this way. Great question. The chart shows you what your lesson plan is. So if you came in with this role, that's your role to play. But biology, nurture, all of it matters too because how you play that role is going to be very dependent on context. Oh, interesting. Because we can have a lower application of that role. We can have a higher mm -hmm. application of that role. So nurture has a huge part to play. And I'm going to give you an, a really good story so you both understand this completely. Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler nearly had the same astrology chart. Wow. Charlie Chaplin made a huge hit with a movie called The Great Dictator. Mm -hmm. And it was all satire and comedy. Mm -hmm. Adolf Hitler literally was a dictator. Who he was. So my point is, nurture has everything to do with how we play this wow. role and how we answer our divine calling. And we have free will. We can muck it up really well. Mm. <laughs> you, um, it's so interesting. I love that question because there's so much of the way that you apply astrology and, and most great astrologers as well. I would think this also has to do with being a psychotherapist that is so healing and it is so about healing. So to the point about nature and nurture, you know, if your nurture was not nurturing and it was not supportive, how do you look to your astrology as a point um, or a tool for healing? Great question. So can we use you as an yes, example? Yes, please. Okay. So a Virgo with a Capricorn moon, 
is raised in an environment where, and this will be quite personal, and I love your mom, so does she listen or not listen? She listens, but she knows that everything is fair game with me. (laughs) Okay, okay. So a Virgo sun with a Capricorn moon was raised in an environment of utility. Like you know that your worth is in the things you do and what you achieve. Mm. That chart is not very big on mushy, lovey, affectionate nurturing. So as a pointer for you in your personal growth and therapy, which I do know that you do this, it's all about reparenting and knowing that you are worthy of love without any external validation. This is your big growth step this lifetime. For a Capricorn moon, it's getting very clear that I don't need to perform to be loved. I am loved. Mm. And you've got to keep doing that reassurance and reparenting so that ultimately, instead of feeling like love is conditional on what you achieve, you begin to believe I am a stand for love because I am the mountain of love. Mm, Beautiful. Can I interject with another question? (laughs) This is going to happen the entire episode. So if I was to read my children's charts, could it... Could that be information that could help me better parent them individually? Mm. Yes. You know what? Number one, better than ever. Number two, I have a parenting deck that's being published by, um, uh uh-oh, what's the name of my publisher? Random House. It's coming (laughs) out this year. Yeah. Wow. I I actually for a second forgot, which is strange. What's it called, Jennifer? What's it called? It's something called like the cosmic parenting deck and it's going to be very helpful, but it's not, they're sending me the mock-up this week, but Melissa, this is what I want to tell you. The most important thing I've learned with mothers is we mothers take our children way too personally, Mm, like way too personally. And when you look at a child's chart, this is a great example. My brother and I are born literally a year and a month apart. Wow. That's not very long, right? We had entirely different mothers astrologically. Wow. And so the chart shows you how you experience your mother and your father, if there's two people, not how they are. It's very subjective. So, you know, I have more of a chart like Maury in terms of I felt kind of used by my mom and very perfunctory and all the things, but very stable. My brother does not have that mother. He has like the enthusiastic, adventurous mother who's always, you know, so you've got to really look at your children's chart like you're a holy witness, not like you made them this way. No, totally. That's what I was thinking. Very freeing. I just was thinking it could be a tool for me rather than truly to use it almost objectively. Like, oh, this is who you are. Now I will speak to your strengths and understand your weaknesses better, basically. Yes. And I won't read children's charts till they're seven. And I'll tell you why. The worst thing you can do as a parent, and you two know this, is to think you already know your kids instead of them showing to you who they are. Right. Let them emerge and evolve and totally. show you. Then at seven, which is the first Saturn transit, you pretty much have seen how they're showing up. Now astrology could be helpful as a coaching. Right. For sure. Yeah. I think I'm doing it. You said Just transit. 
that goes to my question. Okay, so back to the conversation of astrology being in the zeitgeist and you're hearing all these trendy words. I wanted to just do a quick check-in with you on some of these things we hear. So retrograde is something we hear a lot. We get um, given a lot of fearful messages about like Mercury being in retrograde. Can you explain a retrograde? And can you explain like, for example, right now, what planet is in retrograde as we're recording and what does that mean? Well, Mercury is in retrograde for three weeks, about three times a year. Today, on the 15th of September, it moves direct in the afternoon today. Mm. It's a big day. What does that mean, direct? Direct is, if you think of this, and I do psychologically or spiritually, retrograde means going inside and needing to review. It's not a bad thing for me at all. It's like, go more internal, review, check, evaluate, review, clarify. Direct is, now go. Mm -hmm. We're going to see as of next week, a lot of things go faster now. A lot of things released because retrograde, review, pause, obstacle, and then go forward. Mm -hmm. So Mercury is in retrograde most often. I actually don't know which planet is most often. It may be Mercury, but Venus, all the planets go retrograde. I'm not sure, Maury, about that. I just know... I never fear it. No fear. I think in a very extroverted, maniacal culture, retrograde's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Because you're going inward I mean, to assess. Exactly. Right. It's like it's introspection right. instead of impulsivity. So for me, it's good. I feel like a lot of people don't like doing internal work because it's uncomfortable and scary, which is why perhaps so many people feel very off during retrograde. You know, people often talk yes. about how weird they're feeling and things are a mess because of Mercury's in retrograde. But now I'm wondering if it's because they're uncomfortable realizing things that they're feeling. That's such a good point. And, and in my experience, pausing is so irritating for people that have completely misunderstood progress is not about getting more done. Ooh, say more about that. Progress is not about getting more done. I think that we have misunderstood progress as constant and vigorous growth and consumption. Mm-hmm. Where I've understood spiritually, progress is opening and widening, widening, savoring. Yes. Oh, I love that. I hope everyone hears that clearly. That was really well said. Okay, one more transit type question. You hear a lot about Saturn return. Can you explain what a Saturn return is and why that is so relevant? Yes, Saturn is the planet about karma, responsibility, maturity. It's what you are here to learn and it shows you where you're unfinished in your education of the soul. Saturn return is when the planet Saturn returns to its home position that you were born with. Mm -hmm. So it it goes in a cycle and after 29 to 31 years, it goes back to the original place it was when you were born. Mm -hmm. This is a reminder to your soul. Are you on track? Mm. You're now 29 to 31. Are you doing what you came here to do? Are you in alignment? Saturn is the big cosmic karmic spanking. 
Like, are you in alignment? Mm -hmm. It happens again between 59 and 61. And then if you're lucky, you know, 80. Anyway, (laughs) the point being Saturn is the teacher and Saturn will show you where you have been lazy, complacent, and off purpose. Mm -hmm. uh So it's often related to depression and oppression and uh, stuckness. Okay. 31 is when I got divorced. So it completely makes sense that that was my Saturn return was kind of reassessing how I saw relationships and my role in relationships. And to your point about my chart, my role in relationships being about support and maybe over-indexing. I really feel like that was the lesson that I got in my Saturn return. What if you don't have a lesson? What if you don't? I can't think of anything that happened to me at 31 that is symbolic of my Saturn return. Well, number one, if we're right and Capricorn is your rising, Saturn rules your chart. So you may be very comfortable in your sense of alignment and responsibility. That may not be an issue for you, whereas other transits may be a little more difficult for you that are more about flexibility and creativity and taking risks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Bean, do you know what time you were born? What do we decide? I don't, my, my lovely parents don't totally remember and I can't find my birth certificate. My father thinks it was like early, like mid afternoon type of like four ish. We'll see when you get back to me, I'll, I'll tell you when you get your time. But my point being some people are very good with Saturn because they're already aligned with productivity and maturity and responsibility. Those are Saturn roads. Other people are hit over the head like a hammer because they're like, I'm a victim and I have nothing to do with my life. And so everything happens to me. Saturn's mm-hmm. tough for those people. That makes sense. Okay, thank Saturn you. Says you. Saturn says from 29 to 31, your script was somewhat written for you up till now. Now it's yours to write. And if you're not the author of it, stop blaming anyone else. Accountability. Which is a great tip for everybody all the time. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Another big question that I would think our listeners have that I certainly have is when you look at this coming year, 2024, what are some of the big astrological events we should know about and how do you see them affecting humanity? They're already happening. Okay. Uh, It's the great revolutionary energy, Jupiter with Uranus. We've already got a writer's strike, an actor's strike, now an auto strike. Uh, We are really in a fight for the freedom and democracy of the working class. And we are also, Pluto is still in Capricorn until November of 2024, later in November. We're still in a fight for patriarchy, either becoming more and more power hungry or the end of patriarchy. That's why Barbie, that's why Oppenheimer, we are in a battle And I'm seriously uh, telling everyone on this podcast about this. You do need to show up and vote for whatever it is you want this future to be. Because 2024 is an enormous deciding year of where we're going. I love that message. I'd like to shout that. Yes, I totally agree. And you can't see by what you see in the stars what the outcome will actually be. 
Well, this is another, Melissa, you're so good at questions. Are you a Virgo? <laughs> I am, actually. Uh, here's you know? the thing. And this is what drives me nuts, but now I get to say it. There is no foregone conclusion. We have free will. We're in partnership with the divine. So when people say to me, what will happen? I say, what will you be doing? Mm. Melissa, what will you be doing? Voting. And no one can be passive in this. I can guarantee you this. If everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen, we are going to blow up this planet. There's not a choice. It's going to happen because the way things are going is not good. Correct. Mm. So everybody has to show up and make a claim for the future that they want. They have to really put their money behind it, their feet behind it, their voice behind it. This next year is critical in deciding the next 30 years. Mm, That's a lot of weight. Get active, engage. Other than voting, are there any other ways we can prepare or plan for change? Pick a nonprofit, get behind it. Like pick one nonprofit, get behind it. If every single human being gave a dollar to a million, whatever they can afford, pick a cause, get behind it. Pluto's going into Aquarius. Decide your cause and be resolute. Just pick it and get behind it. One. Two, make sure you have a sacred crew. This is going to be the most important piece of the next 30 years. Who are your people? What do they stand for? Are they calling you to be your best self? You've got to raise your vibration. And here's the other thing that a lot of people are not going to like. You've got to clean up your relationship with drugs and alcohol to get through this period in a much better way. What does that mean? Are you talking to me? Well, (laughs) I am talking to you. (laughs) I know because, because you see what alcohol and, and, you know, drugs do is take us offline Mm -hmm. and I get it. I'm stressed. Sometimes I love my little glass of wine, whatever. But what it is, is it is an opiate of the masses, keeping us all a little less clear, a little less available. And so if we want to make the changes that we need to usher in, we actually need to make some sacrifices around numbing out. Mm. Wow. It's so true. In fact, I will say tangent, but so relevant here. I'm from, my family is from Iran. And after the Islamic Revolution, the Islamic Republic of Iran was making opium available to people to create addiction, to numb them from paying attention to what the hell was going on. So I just want to say, I've actually seen what you're saying fully, tangibly put into action by corrupt governments that want to keep people asleep and inactive. Do you think the legalization of marijuana is a coincidence or it's all part of the numbing process? I think it has many good virtues, obviously. I would like, and again, I'm radical and forward thinking, wait till you hear, I think all drugs should be legal. I think the whole prohibition of anything makes it much more dangerous and also brings in criminals. Agreed. I do believe that all of the numbing is harmful to us awakening. And so I think these are sacred, sacred Um, substances that used wisely can be very helpful, Mm -hmm. even alcohol. I just think in my case and all our cases, we get pretty lazy and we'd like to tune out. There's a lot of suffering. The world is a lot of suffering. And then my life can be in a day, a lot of suffering. And then I just want to watch the TV and not think. And 
I'm not blaming any of us. I'm just saying to go where we need to go. We can't really afford to be that lazy. Yes. Beautifully said. Uh, Yeah, I love that. We could ask you a million questions. I want to ask you a last few. We could keep you here all day. There has been, as we've been saying, a resurgence in interest in astrology. Why do you think, Jennifer, and I think this is actually really tangential to what we were just talking about, why now are so many people interested in astrology? Why is it having this moment? There's three reasons. One, organized religion has failed way too many people. Right. So many young people cannot face the hypocrisy and the exclusivity and the sexism and homophobia of many organized religions. Mm -hmm. So they're like, I'm out. So then astrology is not a religion, but it is a spiritual system available to the masses that's non-discriminating, that isn't sexist, that isn't homophobic. Everyone's welcome. It's like the ultimate democratic spirituality. Everyone's welcome. Everyone gets to belong. So that's one reason. A big reason is capitalism has found astrology. Uh. (laughs) It's a billion dollar industry to hook people on a quick fix of sensing that they matter. So I think it's the commodification of astrology that happened with the burgeoning of the internet. Mm -hmm. Finally, people are desperate in this moment that we're globally in to find meaning. (laughs) We're in this very huge quest for why are we here? What is this about? And I think astrology is the best, best tool to have a sense of purpose and meaning. Mm. You think as a society as a whole, we're all sort of, what is the meaning? I feel like for me, I, as I've mentioned about a trillion times, I recently turned 40 and I feel like that's an age where you really start thinking, what does this all mean? Like, what am I doing? What is my purpose? How do I achieve that? But I guess it's not just me. It's the whole world. I'd say it's the whole world. But again, getting back to your chart, 40 is what's called the Uranus return. And that would be more uncomfortable for somebody like you because it's basically Uranus comes in and says, you're not who you think you are. This isn't real. What's really authentic for you that you've been hiding from. So you're really in a time of great upheaval emotionally. And I see you're crying. I don't know why. No, but you need to cry. I love you for crying. I give bonus points for crying. She does. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm the winner then. No, the crying is so important because when you do hit 40, 41, you're going, I I did all of this for what? You see the end line like you've never seen it before. Believe me, I know this, Melissa. And then you're going, wow, did I buy into all of this? And what is real? That's like what I think about every day. Like, what is real here? Well, I'm going to tell you most of it isn't real. Most of what we've been fed is not real about what happiness is or what fulfillment is. Like, one thing I want to say to everybody, I grew up believing that when I fell in love and most other people and had children and owned a house and had a career, the rest is solved. Mm. The farthest thing from the truth. Every person I know that got all of that is going, whoa, is this it? Mm -hmm. I thought I was promised the Garden of Eden if I hit all these markers. And what really happens is you go, whoa, all of that was a chase. And now I'm still me. Right. 
Right, and right. me, and you two know this better than anyone. It's all about being connected to your divine intelligence. It's not about any of these things. Right. They don't actually bring you happiness. They're just things that you get. It's a big one. It's a big that one. It's a big one. I actually love that um, this just happened because I think it really shows how having a healer who is connected in such a way, but also then so knowledgeable about the planets and the way that our brains work is such a magical combination of self-actualization. Like when you get someone like this in your life, you really get to see yourself clearly. And for me, at least, that's what astrology is. That's what therapy is. That's what coaching is. It's just a, a reintroduction to who you are really. And it's so beautifully done by you. So I do want to say something about that because you're all about intuition and I learned so much from you. Yeah. A great astrology reading is not going to tell you anything new. It's going to reconnect you with the divine of your knowing. Right. It's going to go, whoa, here you are, Melissa. Can I say something else to Melissa? Because I just adore you. Oh, I adore you. Adore I, I want to be around you in person. I feel like there's, you must be super. <laughs> well, more, you more will, will arrange you will okay. But you have I a moon in you. Sagittarius. So I want to talk to you about that. Okay, I'll moon try not to Sagittarius cry. Sagittarius needs fundamentally bold, authentic adventures. Yes. You need oh, to actually good. be in a spiritual discipline every day. And so that may be what's off in your life. So what do I, like, could that be meditation or yoga or? Well, I'm going to say Sag Moon. It could be meditation. My best friend has Sag Moon and she meditates every day. And she's one of the happiest people I know. What are you drawn to? Because it, 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 it again, you choose, Melissa, and it's not really external. Don't listen to anyone else. What thing fills you with joy with the divine? Like, what do you do that does that? Yoga. I want it to be meditation, okay. but it's yoga. Yeah. See, for me, I'm not a sit still person. So I had to get real with, if I'm going to do a spiritual discipline, it's not going to be me sitting straight up with my sp spine every day, breathing. I, I need action. So I do Qigong every day. Oh, you do? It's a movement meditation. Oh, I know yeah. Qigong. That's but yoga works great. But this is what I'm going to say to you. And this is what I would say to a client like you. Give me 30 days in a row. Don't let anyone interfere with your yoga and do it for 20 minutes, not an hour, not an hour and a half. Okay. It makes it impossible. Get a yoga routine on some YouTube or whatever. Okay. Do it every day for 20 minutes. I guarantee you in 30 days, your entire life will be more clear to you. I'm doing it. Like hands down, I'm doing it. I know you are. And then when you do it, this is the important part. When you do it, ask your divine guides to keep showing you the way, showing you the truth. They will. And this is a beautiful time to do it. Did you just say, I forgot what the language was, something about um, one of the planets being something. So we're about to like barrel through, I don't know. Mercury's going direct. So it's right. the exact day to start it. <laughs> wow. I love but that. But I, I feel very strongly, you know, because I, I get you, this will change your life. And then don't stop after 30 days. This is the biggest mistake everyone makes. And, you know, we all make it, but I don't anymore. There's no excuse not to do the very thing that's going to make your day the best it could be. Why would we skip that? 
I never skip a day because it's like I get it done by 8 a.m. So I know I'm good all day. You know, I just, I, this is silly, but I just started waking up earlier in the morning than I ever have because my oldest one started middle school and I wake her up every morning. And I always thought the idea of waking up early was always awful to me because I value sleep so much. But I have to say, I get so much done in those early hours that the rest of my day is, has been better aligned since doing it. And now I'm thinking maybe I'll throw some yoga in to those early hours. I would lose the word maybe. Oh, all right. All right. I will get the yoga in to those. Er- I do a lot of lunch You're making doing in those hours. <laughs> you're doing it. And what we'll do is in four weeks, I'm yeah. going to ask you about this on this show and you're going to give us an update. Okay. But okay. All right. No, but okay. <laughs> I think that you should have a session with Jennifer if she didn't have the longest wait list possible. And I want to tell our listeners, because she does. Buy a map to your soul. It is such, that is Jennifer's latest book. She is also the best-selling author of Use Your Planets Wisely, also a phenomenal book, but she has a map to your soul out. She also has an incredible astrology oracle deck you can find on Amazon. And when you use that astrology oracle deck, which I gifted you, Melissa, you have it. You did. I use it. of that deck. Yes. Um, You will be blown away at three things. One. The accuracy of how those cards connect to the thing that you're dealing with and the question you ask, A. B, Jennifer just did a beautiful job talking about when you are at a primitive stage of development or you're adapting or you're evolving, how the planets have meaning in your life. This deck does that exact thing for you so you can understand when you pull a card and there's a planet on there, how you could be if it was a primitive thing you need to heal or what it would look like if you were evolving. And it is such amazing coaching that really resonates, number two. And number three, if you're really looking to just try to self-coach a little bit, if you don't have access to an incredible healer like Jennifer, Really, these cards have her soul, her energy, her voice in them, and it feels like she's there with you. And the words are so helpful as a starting point to journal or think about or meditate on and really connect to whatever it is Jennifer would have told you about that exact same thing. So I couldn't recommend that Oracle deck more highly, but also a map to your soul is a great way to get the overarching uh lessons that Jennifer is teaching us. So I just wouldn't recommend those more highly. Seriously, they're incredible. Jennifer, I want to ask you before we let you go, you have taught me something amazing, which is to say to the world what it is you'd want people to positively gossip about you. Jennifer's taught me a lot about gossip. We did an episode on gossip. Now I wish we had had you on that one. Totally. And um, you said in the retreat we were in, and you've said this to me before, what is something you would like people to say behind your back about you? And now I'm going to ask you the same question. What would you Ooh. like our listeners to say about you in this episode and the way they were affected? I always want to be remembered as loving and kind and generous with my time and attention and spirit. Oh, easy. We would gossip about that all day. Oh. I have one thing to tell people they can do. I have two spots left in my Bali retreat, April 13th (gasps) through 20th, at the Soul Shine place that Michael Franti and his wife run. It's going to be extraordinary. Two spots are left. They'll go fast. I want your listeners to know that. Oh, I love that. You know what? We will grab a link from you and that'll be in our show notes, listeners. So it'll be easy for you to just go grab the link and find information. Jennifer, where can people find you on socials? Where can they hear more from you? 
go to Dr. Jennifer Freed on Instagram. That's kind of the only place I want to be right now. Or Jennifer Freed Astrology is my website. Oh, wait, and Substack. I'm really into Substack. So just go Jennifer Freed and Substack. Can I get on your wait list on your website? Because I'm pop, I'm popping on. Yes, if you go to my website and you get on the wait list. I'm getting on right now before anybody else does. <laughs> you will get you will get notifications from my colleague Kalpana that will say, okay, she's got three spots open, that kind of thing. And I am I couldn't I couldn't tell you. It is a life-changing experience. I am so oh, lucky this I person is it. my friend. And every time we get on you the phone, are. she tells me what's happening on my chart. But wow. okay. I always give Bean the last question. Bean, I'm gonna let you ask Jennifer the last question. We've taken up way too much of her time, but take it away for our listeners. I mean, I always ask, this is my wrap-up question. I like to keep it neat and clean, and I like to always tie it back to what Maury does. So I always ask our guests what what they do, how they think it ties back into intuition, which I kind of feel like you've answered, but I bet you'll have some really poignant one, one or two-liner that'll really re- bring the show home. Okay. The entire practice for me of astrology is a sacred connection to the divine. When I talk to you about your chart or look at Maury's chart, or it's always me asking the divine of my knowing to show me how to be helpful. So every day I am blasting into this universe of intuition. And I love my work more than I can ever tell you because it's like I get nourished by asking the divine to assist me. That's beautiful. Okay, Maury, one last thing. We said we'd get back to it. I was hoping you forgot. I, I was hoping you'd remember. So in our workshop, in our workshop. So I want to give context to this so everyone really gets the frame. We asked each woman if she were to say the most audacious desire that would link her to her destiny in a positive way. And she was reaching way beyond what is it she would wish for herself? Maury, say it. I literally felt nauseous in the room and feel it again as I'm about to say it out loud. But I said, and I'm going to now say that my most audacious desire is to be the next Oprah. Oh, Bean. Thank you for clapping. (laughs) I love it. And I want it to be that for you as well. You are Oprah for me. Yes. And I, I want to acknowledge that every woman that in the room, when Maury said it, went, of course. Oh, people were cheering. Jennifer jumped <gasps> out of her seat. I'm telling you, I've never felt so supported. That's Everyone was so like, beautiful. Duh. Obviously. That's so beautiful, yeah, Bean. It was so wow. dumb. It was, it was really beautiful. So, um, so I want to say just a correction on your audacious desire. I just heard it from the divine. May I? Yes, please. You don't need to be the next. You can be parallel because Oprah's not going anywhere. Thank you. Dang. Wow, so I love can, that. You can be your own version of that along with her continuing her. Yes, day. please, because I, I adore that. her and I want her and to continue her. for decades to come. It's so true. Jennifer, okay, yeah. well, I did the wow. embarrassing thing. You wow. have been such a light in my life, really? but now in this podcast. So thank you for being so generous, not just with your time. I do want to say with your love. Your teaching is infused with love. And it is such a gift to all of us. So thank you for coming on Signal. And uh, I'm so excited for the world to just experience you even more. Thank you for joining Thank you so much. Thank you. I really feel good with you too. 
This has been another episode of Signal, the podcast that raises your frequency. This podcast is co-hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and Melissa Gushka. Special thanks to my production team, Anushri Thekadeh, Arman Kassam, and Anais Islami. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. See you then.